You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Hallelujah. This morning, I have a desire and um, the desire I have is for me and for you as well. Praise the Lord. I, I want God to do something in us and for us in the name of Jesus. And um, come with me to Matthew 25. We're going to read one of the parables of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It is the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. My prayer is that we all will leave this meeting wise in the name of Jesus. We will be counted amongst the wise in the name of Jesus. I'll read from verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lambs and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lambs and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lambs. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose, trimmed their lambs, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lambs are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, As shortly I say to you, I do not know you. Testing. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. I would like to read just um, before we go on Revelation chapter 3 verse 14 and 16. It is the letter to the Laodiceans, to the Laodicean church. Revelation three fourteen. I read, And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That will not be a portion in the name of Jesus. However, this statement was to a church and not my portion is that we will be wise praise the lord jesus loves the church such that he gave his life for the church so nobody can wish well nobody can wish better for the church than jesus and in this account this revelation 3 it is jesus speaking to the church that he gave his life for now, we are going to come back to those backgrounds. Eternal life we know. We've understood from John chapter 17 verse 3. 
Our Lord Jesus speaking says, And this is eternal life that what? You may know God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, his son, whom he has sent. And Jesus Christ, the son. So we understand that eternal life is to know God. Praise the Lord. And I want to believe that you know God, I know God, we know God. However, what I want to charge us, you know, begin to charge us with this morning is that this knowledge that will save, this knowledge that is eternal life, is not a knowledge that can be passive. Praise the Lord. This knowledge of God that we are talking about is not a knowledge that can be passive. It's a knowledge that must what? Bring transformation. Not just bring transformation. It's a knowledge that must be active. It's a knowledge that must be visible. It's a knowledge that must be sensed. It's a knowledge that must be encountered. Why am I saying that? The two passages we read... The first one, which is the most interesting one, is in the one we read in Matthew 25. It's the parable. I just realized that I haven't taught a lot from this parable. You know, it's the parable of what? What is it called? The parable of what? The ten what? Ten virgins. Note the similarity. All of them were virgins. So, in a sense, all of them were Christians. All of them were born again. All of them were in the church. All of them, they knew the same thing. These were ten virgins. In fact, in terms of preparation, they had equal preparation. Praise the Lord. We understand what the, who a virgin is. So these were ten virgins. And our master said, the kingdom of heaven shall be like ten virgins. And these ten virgins had their lambs burning. All of them. The ten virgins had ten lambs. Okay, let's start from there. So the ten virgins didn't have five lambs. They had how many lambs? So each one had her own lamb. And each one's lamp was burning. Okay? Now this is how it went out. It says, let's leave verse 2 that says five were wise and five were foolish. Let's find out. It said in verse 3, it said those who were foolish took their lambs and took no, that no oil is no extra oil because their lambs were burning. But the wise took oil in their vessels as well as with their lambs. But while the bridegroom was delaying, what happened? The ten virgins slumbered and slept. All the virgins slept. Now, the Bible makes us understand that no temptation has what? Befallen you, but such as is what? Come on to man. And God will not allow you. Nobody here is being tempted in a way that is different from the way the others are tempted. All temptations are common. Praise the Lord. And when it said that, it said God makes a way of what? Escape. So we see in this situation that all of them, by reason of delay, they all did what? Slumbered and slept. The ten, even the wise, slept off. Praise the Lord. But the Bible said a time came that the alarm was what? The cry came up. Verse 6 says, and at midnight a cry was heard. This cry, when it was heard, both the wise and foolish also did what? The ten woke up. So the cry was loud enough to do what? 
to wake up every one of them. Praise the Lord. So we see equal opportunity here. But where it gets a bit interesting now is that when the ten woke up, the wise, or rather when the virgins woke up, the Bible said the foolish, they were the ones that were first to act now, verse 8. It says, then the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are what? Going out. This is where the difference begins to be found. In fact, at this point, the oil in their lamp was still burning. I like it here that even at this point, the oil was still burning. So at this point, they were still at par. Praise the Lord. But where the difference is now is this. They asked, we need extra oil. Can you give us from your vessel, not from your lamp? Can you give us from your vessel? And then the wise answered and said something. The wise said to them that we cannot give you the oil that we brought as extra. Lest what will happen? There will not be enough for us and for you. In which case there will be no virgin making it to this marriage feast. Okay? And based on that, they wouldn't give to them. Because remember, these are Christians. And the Bible says share. Isn't that what it says? With your brother. So if they had no genuine reason for giving, they themselves would have been disqualified for not being generous. Okay, so God teaches us generosity. Okay, see, he that gives, let him give a word. Liberality means give anyhow. Jesus thought if your neighbor asks you for your shirt, you should also give him the waistcoat as well. But in this case, wisdom was don't give. Praise the Lord. Wisdom was won't give. But another thing we want to pick here, just in case it's not part of the sermon, is that what um, our Lord and Savior is teaching us here is that on this Christian journey, there is a limit to what somebody can represent for you. There is a limit. There is a limit. Praise God. And mind you, they were all carrying lambs. So if I were, God forbid, but if I were amongst the foolish, I would have said I will be walking closely with you. In case my own lamb burns, I will use your own lamb to see. But there are some things that are very, very personal. And that is something you must embrace as a Christian. You see, some of us are in environments and in you know, churches where we are giving the impression that the man of God covers you. You see, the man of God can barely cover himself. Praise the Lord. Oh yes, he can barely cover it. There are people that just believe, and that is why there's a lot of, you know, religiosity without spirituality. So they say, I want to travel, the man of God blesses you and you go. It's good for the man of God to bless you, but the presence of God is what will make you different on that journey. Praise the Lord. You want to do this, they say, I've met the man of God, have you met? And you see people raising men to where men cannot ascend. And because faith, you see, faith is a commodity that can be placed in anything. That's why Lord Jesus teaching said what? Have faith in God. A lot of people that you encounter and you deal with, they have a lot of faith. But unfortunately, they don't have that faith in the true God. It's a different thing. So a lot of people have faith in a program. A lot of people have faith in the man of God. A lot of people have faith in one thing or the other. But that faith is not faith in the living God. Okay? So this brings it to for that when it matters, I think that captures it. When it matters, your neighbor cannot do it for you. 
they needed to get their lamp. And what happened there is this. The Bible says they went out to buy. And while, unfortunately, while they were buying, those who were ready went with the bridegroom because he came. And these virgins actually bought the extra oil. Praise God. And found their way back to the venue of the wedding. Praise the Lord. Are you following me? And these virgins knocked on the door. And the master heard them. What do you think should have happened here ordinarily? Open the door and let them in. What was lacking? They had everything. They were virgins. They had a lamp. If it was extra, they bought it. Let's go on and, you know, let the party begin. But look at what was said here. Verse 11. They said, after the other virgins came also, they said, Lord, Lord, do what? Open to us. But he answered and said, as surely I say to you, I do not know you. Thank God this is not what Paul wrote to. Thank God it's not Peter. Thank God it's not Jude. I understand. Thank God it's not James. Who said this? It's the master himself. He's the one who will be the one saying it. He's the one who is saying it now. So there is no issue of misquoting him. Nobody's misquoting. He said, I do not know you. And then he said to me and to you as well, Watch therefore for what? You know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. This is a frightening passage. But it ought not to be because we have the Holy Spirit. What I want you to ask here is this. What was it that made these five other virgins foolish? What was the reason for their folly? What was the cause of their folly? You see, one of the things you must, you know, that's where we started from eternal life is the knowledge of God. God is good. I want you to say God is good. I want you to say God is good to me. Particularly to me. Very important. You know why? Because when we understand that in any circumstance or situation we find ourselves in, we are expectant and our eyes are looking for his goodness. Praise the Lord. He abounds in what? In goodness. That's what he does. God so loves you and I that he always does us good. He all, everything God does with you and to you and around you is done in love. That's who he is. Okay? Now, because of that, I would never be in a situation or circumstance where the help of God is not enough to bring me out. That situation has never existed. Praise the Lord. Somebody, you came to church or you're watching and you're in a situation now and it's as though you're held in. There is no way. Turn left, turn right. It is a lie. God has a way of escape for you. And if you're a Christian, the Bible says our Lord and Savior Jesus, you know what he's doing in heaven now? He's not eating. He said to the disciples on the day that he did the communion with them, he says, I will not eat this until the day. Jesus is waiting for you and I to finish well. And as while we're on the journey, you know what he's doing? He's making intercessions for you. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. That's what he's doing. He's making prayers for me. He's making prayers for you. How many of us have known that God prayed for me? Not that you prayed for us. You've come out of circumstances and situations. And you know the Lord made intercessions for you. Where you can say, had it not been for the Lord who was on my side. The Lord is on our side. He is on our side. Praise the Lord. Part of what I want us to pray later is that if God be for us. 
And the way whenever I, I read that statement, I, I'm, in my mind I don't use if. I say since. Since God is for me, who can be against me? Okay? So this, all these virgins had God on their side. Nothing was working against them. Now let me go quickly because there are a few other areas I want to touch. Is that these people, they had the power. The same power, the same capacity that the wise had, isn't it? Because when they asked for the extra oil, had it been they said to them, go and buy. And they fully said, but you know that I don't have money. Did they answer that? Did you realize what they said? They said, go and buy. And where were they coming from? They were just waking up. So it meant that when the wise bought, assuming they had, they needed 10 naira word of oil. The wise bought 10 naira word of oil. The foolish bought how much? 5 naira. And kept 5 naira in their pocket. The question is this. What were they intending to do with the 5 naira in their pocket when they were going to enter into the marriage feast that would be eternal? What I've come to ask you is this. What are you keeping from in your service of the Lord? When are you waiting to be zealous for the Lord? The psalmist said, in the grave, no man can what? No man can praise you. I don't know when you're planning to bring that grand worship. You know, some people say, God knows I love him. Hallelujah. These virgins, that's what they say. I mean, I'm, I can buy oil. I have the money to buy oil. But the only problem is this. The demand, the moment of the demand, you won't get notice. And for us, in essence, what I believe the Lord is saying to us, these virgins were foolish because they were not consumed with zeal for the journey they were making. How many of, I mean, most of us who drive cars here, you have driven through fuel scarcity, right? If you are traveling, what did you normally do? You buy half tank. Is that what you do? And plan that, you know, I mean, before it finishes, you find for What do you do? You fill up the tank, and then in those days, you get 50 liter jerry cans and fill them up. Why? Because you want to arrive at your what? Destination unhindered. What would you think of a driver that will put half tank and carry Naira in his pocket? And begins to go to Lagos and gets out of Kenya and starts saying, where can I buy fuel? What will you say to him? You, you will think him foolish. It's the same way. You and I have been saved by a savior that loves us. You see, I thank God for the songs we sang. God, great God, worthy of all honor and glory. How much honor am I giving him yesterday? When am I planning to give him all honor? When am I planning to declare him to the ends of the earth? What is my zeal waiting for? Praise the Lord somebody. You see, in the accounting revelation, he said to them, this was a church he was talking to, the Laodicean church. He said to them, I know you want translation, says I think is a message. He says, I know you inside and out. And I wish, message or one of the, living by one of them. He says, I know you what? Inside and out and finally to, to my like. And then he says, you're not cold. 
And then he says, you're not hot. What was he saying? He said, you have the capacity to be hot. Listen, one of the things that happens to us is that as human beings, God has given us sense. You know God has given us sense. And that's why the Bible says to us parents, it says, do not provoke your children. Do not exasperate them. Don't place such demands on them that they faint. It means, you see, the child knows his or her capacity. So there's a level of demand you put on a child. The child will have no option but to become rebellious. Because you're asking of him or her what he can do. God who said that also knows that he cannot ask of you or me what we cannot do. Whatever he asks of us is what he has already given us the power to do. Praise the Lord. So when Jesus was speaking to this, he said, I know you. You have a capacity to be hot. Thank God this coming week we are going to go to the Freedom Fellowship Week. You are unmarried. You should care for the things of the Lord. What are you doing with your time? The one that is married. Before you got married, you say, God, if you give me, that's what I said. When I was going to marry my wife, I wasn't born again then, but I said, God, if this babe agrees to marry me, you have done too much already. You have made things, you have made promises to God, and God is watching you. How do you respond now? But we are still, you know, just easy, lackadaisical, you know, applying sense, just being gentlemanly, you know, reserved on the things that concern God. And then we come back and we say, you are the almighty God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Ordinary Trump and uh, Biden. Have you seen a Trump supporter before? Do you have any friend that is a Trump supporter on Facebook? Every day, what do you see him do? Say either one good thing Trump is doing or one bad thing who is doing. Have you seen a Biden supporter before? What does he do every day? Either tells you one good thing Biden is doing, he might even tell you that Biden is now 40 years old. You see? Or one bad thing Trump is doing. I didn't watch the debate. Okay, but I saw the comments. And the first comments I saw was from one of the sides. And the person said, whoever, I think, I don't know whether I was a Biden supporter. And the Biden supporter said, Biden finished Trump. You know, Trump was there confused and all of that. So I said, oh, Biden finished Trump. Then after some time, I saw the one from a Trump supporter. And then the Trump supporter said, Biden was there like a failure. He was confused and all of that. I was wondering, are they talking about the same debate Truly, it's the same debate, but you know what? Each of them are what? Zealous for their persons. So it didn't matter what happened in the debate. Their vote has been taken. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Now, God is saying to you and I, you believe in me. What do you believe in me about? You believe I created the heavens and the earth. How many believe that? You believe I'm God, great God. You believe I'm the mighty one. You believe I'm the everlasting father. You believe I'm king over kings. You believe I'm lord over lords. But I can't see it in your attitude. I can't even hear it in your voice. I can't see it in your bounds. I can't see you even in trial, in trying circumstances or in trials. I don't see you responding like you have a God like me. 
What are you waiting for to boast about me? What are you waiting for to be zealous? What are you waiting for to stop men and say you must be born again? What are you waiting for? If you do believe. And you might excuse it. That's how those five virgins made sense. It made sense to have the money. Interestingly, I believe the oil sellers were 24 hours open. Because the moment they went, they actually bought the oil. But also it meant that they could have gone at any moment. Are we getting it? This is the danger. And for our master to liken this to being shut out, to being called, I do not know you, is not a joke. It's not a joke. What am I saying, people of God? Power. The Bible says in John 1.12, as many as received him, to them he gave what? He gave the power to become children of God. King James would say the right to be called sons of God. Power is ability or capacity, or what? Strength to do work, to accomplish something. No doubt, power has been given to every one of us here who is a born-again Christian. You know? We have power. If you believed on the Lord Jesus, you have power. And that power is power to be a son of God, power to be a child of God. But power is only ability. Power is ability. Now, For that power to produce, it says ability to do work, to accomplish something. Something has not been accomplished, but the power is there. Praise the Lord. So you and I, if you've been born again for 20 years, if you've been born again for 27 years, if you've been born again for 7 days, you have had 7 days of power. Praise the Lord. So if you're listening to me, I need you to articulate how many years or days or months of power have I been working with. Now, this power, what have I bought with it? What, uh, what produce have I made of this power? Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, there is another word, which is zeal. Zeal is simply willingness or eagerness. Or passion to accomplish something. Power without zeal makes the giver angry with you. Power. Giving. But zeal cannot be given. It is the revelation and the appreciation of the power that drives and generates zeal inside of you. And you begin to say, he has given me this. I've been made this. So when as Christians, we have all those statements we say, which are very true, which are very correct. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm seated in heavenly places above, you know, far above principally. I'm this and I'm that and that. It's very true. But all those statements should what? Produce a willingness inside of us. An eagerness, a passion, an enthusiasm to now do what the power was given for us to do. But where it is not there, power will be like the oil and the money with these foolish virgins. It will not be able to accomplish the very basic thing it was meant to accomplish. Children of God, our world is where it is now. Our lives are where it is now. Our nation is where it is. Not because Christians are not abounding. Not because power has not been given. But because there is no zeal. For the house of the Lord. There is no zeal for the things of the Lord. You know the bad thing about this. Is that. You and I may have. Most likely have. 
Because one of the churches, our Lord Jesus Christ said, you have left your first love. Which he was talking about the zeal you had for me. You see, is that most of us here, I believe, at some point had this zeal. Most of us, I want to believe. Some may never have had it, so you can have it afresh for the first time. But most of us have had this zeal. But the problem is this. When people's zeal die out, you know what they occupy themselves with? By helping others for theirs to die out. So you now see a brother zealous shouting like you used to shout. And then you just look at him and say, what does he, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? What has happened is this. You have gone cold. And when the fire of that brother, you know, is coming around you, instead of you behaving like ordinary firewood and catching fire again, you know what you want to do? You change to water and want to douse his own fire. Because his or her fire is convicting your lethargy. And with that, the devil does not have to bother about us. You see, I want you to imagine the evil. You know, someone has said, I don't know how they put it, but you and I know that even as a country, we have more good people than bad people. Do you know that? We do, we do, we do, we do, we do. Even in this police that we are talking about, answers, we have a lot of good people in the police. We have a lot of good people. In every way. But the problem is that the good people are not zealous. The bad people don't sleep. I think they received that anointing from their father, the devil. They said to the devil, where are you coming from? He said, I've been going. The devil does not sleep. Toe and fro upon what? The whole earth. I'm just looking for trouble to cause. Now, our Lord Jesus also left us a pattern. He said, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he sat down. And he came to church on Sunday. He, he, some of us are not even coming on Wednesday. So let me not add Wednesday. He came to church on Sunday and on Wednesdays, Abby. And probably attended a few prayer meetings. God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth and he attended church service. Some of us, the only evidence of our Christianity is that we go to church. But the Bible says of our own master that he did what? He went to the synagogues, but after the synagogue, what did he do? He went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. Why? God, power was with him. He didn't allow it waste. The five foolish virgins had the power to buy all, but it was useless at the end of the day. They allowed it waste. The same way you have power. The word of God in your mouth can transit somebody from a journey to hell to a journey to heaven. The word of faith in your mouth can turn around the sick and healing will come. The word of God in your mouth can bring life to a dying marriage. The word of God in your life can bring encouragement to a depressed soul. But you will not speak, but you know. If anybody stopped you and asked you, does God have power to do this? Of course he has the power. But you see a situation that needs that power and you don't speak. Are you seeing where the foolish virgins were? They knew. You know, the problem we have with our time is that we are satisfied with our acquaintance of knowledge of something. So we know and then we feel okay. But the knowledge we started with, the knowledge that brings eternal life is not a knowledge that is passive. 
If that knowledge does not convert, if that knowledge does not transform, the prophet said the word of God was like what? It was like fire shot up in my bones. If you come to church and hear whatever you hear, if you don't act on it, the truth is that you are better off not hearing. Because the only thing that word will now do is that it's going to go up and call for temptations and trials and shakings and then you are not even prepared. Today, God is... Charging us as a church to cry out for his zeal to come upon us afresh. Let us live what we believe. I'm not talking about knowledge now. I don't want to say too many things. I don't want you to even know too, just the one that you know. That you know that God loves you. And that God created and God is almighty. God is powerful. God is healer. God is deliverer. God is provider. God is all of this. What are you doing with it? Have you tried to just listen to your conversations? Maybe for the last one week. What do you hear? Do you hear someone who is passionately in love with God? Do you hear someone who is excited about his love for God? Or do you find someone who, if he had an opportunity, will find another bridegroom? Because he doesn't understand what this God is doing. Even as terrible as the matters in our nation is, you have to, you have to sit yourself down and ask yourself, do I believe God? You have to open your Bible and look at the pages and say, do I believe this word? Part of the things I wanted us to, I think we may have done that, is that for Nigeria, we have to tell ourselves, for with God, what? All things are possible. And no matter what it is, you know, in conversations with my wife or some, we'll be saying, you know, maybe uh, in three years' time this will end. I say, no, I'm expecting to end after service. Do you understand? I mean, you have to consciously, because God is a God of wonders. Praise the Lord. You have to believe that. You have to factor that. You have to adjust your thinking, your response, your imagination. When the enemy, the Bible talks about the shield of faith, you are teaching us that I get connected. The shield of faith with which you are able to do to quench the fairy darts of the enemy. It's not for an exam. You're not going to write an exam. You know the problem with is that we mix a lot of things. So you go for discipleship class and they teach you what is the uh, armor of God. And you say the helmet of salvation. The shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness. Those things are not for you to answer questions. They are for you to use. So when they talk about the shield of faith, somebody you're here now, your finances are upside down. But you pick up the shield of faith and say, he has said to me, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It doesn't matter what I'm going through. God is with me. The the other day he reminded, he said, I will not let one sparrow fall to the ground without considering the implications to my glory. Do you know God is concerned about his glory? (laughs) Pastor Lord, God's glory is upon you. Nothing can steal that. It doesn't matter what happens. God must for his name's sake do some things. I mean, John, this, we are dealing with God. He's not a man. He's not a man that can deny no, his glory. In fact, in some cases, he covers himself and then brings his children home and gives them a good spanking. Because the heathen cannot think that God is not able. He will not allow that to happen. 
That's what Moses said to him. He said, God, if you now destroy these people, you've been working miracles and all of that. But if you finally destroy them now, they say, hey, his power has finished. So God considered it. I said, they have a sense. I know what I'll do. I will do elimination and replacement. They'll be dying, I'll be replacing. And then I'll take a completely new generation into the promised land. You see, I'm just hungry that the zeal of the Lord will come upon you, afraid. So that when you see a Christian, you will see the Christian, you know, attitude, the Christian mindset, the Christian countenance, the Christian conversation, the Christian confession, the Christian speech, the Christian response. Get away, you're foolish or that. There should be a Christian response. I sack you, you lose your job. There's a Christian response. I was going to marry you, but I'm not going to marry you again. There's a Christian response. Praise the Lord. We have Jehovah. Praise the Lord. We have the Almighty. We have the one who has said, he demonstrated his love towards you. That while you were what? Yet sinners. While I was yet a sinner, he sent his son, Jesus, to do what? To die for me. He did that for me while I was a sinner. Is it now that I'm following him that he'll disappoint me? Have you thought about that? But you see, if I don't engage all these things, there will be in my head. Someone might even say there might be in my heart. But if I don't engage them, I'm like those virgins. You have the money. You have the lamp. You have even the vessel to put the extra oil in. Are you seeing that? There was not, they didn't say to their fellow virgins, but you know, I don't have extra container to put the oil. They didn't say, you know, I don't have money. They didn't say, you know, I don't know where they sell the oil. They didn't say any of that. They slept with the money in their pocket. Lord, we look to you. The Bible says in John chapter 2 verse 17, our Lord Jesus 16 says that he drove out, he drove out the money changers. You know, say, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. And then the Bible says the disciples now remembered that it was written, zeal for your house as what? Eating me up. Psalm 69 verse 9. Psalm 69 verse 9 says the same thing. It says in 69 verse 9, it says, zeal for your house as eating me up. It says, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have what? Fallen on me. That's an interesting angle, which, you know, we may touch. But this is what it says. Zeal. Zeal is like jealousy. You know, many people are married, but not many people are jealous for their spouses. And you see, I won't want to marry a wife or a husband who is not jealous for me. It means I'm not of much value to you. You know, even God says he's a jealous God. And that jealousy is not the jealous of evil. Is the jealous of I have interest here. I have interest. This is where I pitch my tent. You don't want to have a relationship with someone who, depending on the days of the week, or depend just, you know, the politicians, you know, the, the Biden and Trump thing. You, you listen to this side, you think the other side is a devil. You listen to this side, you think the other side is a you know, devil and their side is a saint. But you listen to both sides, you see that they have some points across the border. But the participants have taken their stand. What we are talking about is, take a stand with this God. 
Praise the Lord. Take a stand with this God. Sometimes you might be out of tune with the government. Sometimes you might be out of tune with friends. Sometimes you might be out of tune with family. Some, it doesn't matter. You have taken a stand. That's what the psalmist said. He said the reproaches of those who reproach you have what? Fallen. He says, I have become mugu for you. I'm not thinking again. Give us the message of the living Bible. Let's see what, what that actually captures the message, please. Message says, I love you more than I can say because I'm madly in love with you. What? They blame me for everything they dislike about you. What I'm saying is that I'm praying for you that people will blame you for God things. Do you understand? Some of us are too nice. We are nicer than God. We are nicer. We are nice people. You know, some of us like being nice. Do I like being nice? <laughs> Some of us like being nice. He said they blame me for everything they want. Dislike about you. That's how far I've gone in this thing. You know, just like in today's case now, there are some people that if something happens, they'll start insulting them. It's not them, it's Trump that did something, but that because they know that Trump people are biting people. He said they blame me. Let's see the living Bible. Let's see the way he put it. The living Bible puts it differently. It says, my zeal for God and his work burns hot within me. And because I advocate your curse, your enemies insult me even as they insult you. This is what a Christian is. So it's not a question of, you know, being neutral. No, your stand is known. If they do that in the office, you report them. If you see, you report. How many of us, please let's make sure we listen to the uh, Wednesday message. It will help us. Okay? This is what it is. Zeal, I know this to be true. I cannot keep quiet. On every dimension, I believe in divine healing. How many of us know that God still heals today? Without chemicals. Without anything. He does. He heals instantaneously. He heals in the process of time. He also heals with surgery. He also heals with chemicals. But Jehovah does what? He heals. And the sum total of it is what? Are you in need of healing? Go to him. Go to him. He said, is any man sick? Is anyone sick amongst you? What should he do? Should he start crying? He said, no, let him send for the elders. Let him come and pray over him. And the prayer of faith will do what? Will save and heal the sick. And if he committed any sins, he shall be forgiven. And he'll be raised from the bed of infirmity. That's what the word says. It's not to be kept for some moment. It should be kept for every sickness. Does he provide? He provides. Does he open doors? He open doors. You need access somewhere. Pray. God touches the hearts of people. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you. We're going to pray. And before we pray, I'm going to tell you the story of a man that we do know very well. His name is called Phinehas. Phinehas was the man that, you know, Moses was, was brought in and he was um, trying to tell the people why they shouldn't be allowing themselves to get mixed up with the Midianite women. And while Moses was there talking and doing what he was doing, the Bible says a man came in. You know, this is Numbers 25. A man came in and brought a Midianite woman right before the congregation. Moses did not send Phinehas. Go and kill those people or go and arrest them. Numbers 25 from 10 to 13. 
is where I'm going to. But six is where the account is. Phinehas took a javelin and got up from church and ran towards this man and the woman and pierced that javelin through the man and the woman and killed both of them instantly. What did he do? He killed. He killed. But look at verse 10. This is what the Lord said. Let's read it together. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Phinehas the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, has what? Turned back my wrath from the children of Israel because he was zealous with my zeal among them so that I did not consume the children of Israel in my zeal. Somebody listening will be saying, but he killed, he killed two people and God preserved a generation. He killed two people and because of that, God relented from destroying the whole nation. Rise on your faith. Clothe me with zeal. Clothe me with zeal. Clothe me with zeal. The season where, you know, they, they are pushing Christians to do what they know they should do. Is it even giving financially? Why, why, if you believe God is who he is, if you believe that God will reward every giving, if you believe, if you believe these things, why should they make, and the other day, Emma was there announcing for people, we've, we have passed as a church the stage where we need people to raise hands. We should be asking people to keep your hands down. And then after, a lot is coming. People are making transfer. We, we don't need that because do you believe this God? Do you believe he's your source? Do you believe he's the reason you're standing? Do you believe the other day I went to the hospital and I came back and told my wife, it's good to, for people to visit hospital from time to time. Because after I went, when I breathe in, I say, Lord, I thank you that I'm breathing in oxygen free of charge. God. Is worthy of my worship. He's worthy of my devotion. I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, clothe me with zeal. I don't want to be foolish anymore. You see, you don't do anybody a favor when you serve the Lord. You do yourself a favor. Because you're going, the Bible says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. Where thieves break in and steal. Where moth and rot destroy. He said, but lay up for yourself what treasures in heaven. Where neither thief nor moth can break in. That treasure could be your dedication. It could be your service. It be, yes, most likely your money as well. But lay up your treasures in heaven. You are going somewhere. I wonder what the foolish virgins were saving their money for. I wonder what you're saving your energy for. Those friends that you have that you have not witnessed Christ to. When do you, what do you want to tell them? Your promotion? Your house dedication? You've not told them about your Jesus? I want you to ask the Lord, clothe me with zeal. Clothe me with zeal. Clothe me with zeal. The song says, set my heart on fire for you. For you. Set me on fire for you. I believe you. I want to go all out. The two cases we looked at here, Jesus speaking in two of them, was talking to people who believe in him. The Laodiceans church, they believed in him. So he said to them, what is it? Why are you on neither here nor there? Child of God, we, 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 we cannot have such a God, such a master, such a promise, such a future, such an inheritance and be normal. Lord, anoint me out of normalcy. I want you to pray. Even the children amongst us, even the young ones, yes, if you are hearing me as a child, Lord, from my youth, let it be said that from when I was six years old, from when I was five years old, from when I was ten years old, the passion of the Lord consumed me. 
Let me be able to say to my friends, to my in the playground, this is not right. Or lay hands on my sick friend and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Lord, help me. Clothe me, Lord, with zeal. Clothe me with zeal. Clothe me with zeal. Clothe me with zeal. Clothe me with zeal. Let zeal for your house consume me. Let zeal for your truth. I've heard your voice. And he has spoken your love to me. I can't keep silent. I can't keep silent. I can't keep silent. I can't keep silent. I'm not letting you go. I want to see you pray. I want to see you cry. I know we don't pray against our enemies there. But pray like you really need this. Lord set me on fire. Set me on fire. Let's seal for your house. Eat me up. Let me be excited. It's God I'm dealing with. You are God and you're not a man. It's God we are dealing with here. Child of God, don't remain on that same level. Don't speak about God the same way. Don't respond the same way. Don't take the things of God the same way. Lord, set me on fire. Stir me up, oh Lord. Stir me up. I don't want to be foolish. 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 Masole Geribanda. I don't want to be foolish. Set my heart on fire for you. Set me on fire for you. Ignite me, O Lord. Ignite me, O Lord. Ignite me, O Lord. Set me on fire. Let me run with the truth I know. Let me be zealous for you, Lord. Let me do the things that I know to do. Set me on fire, Lord. Lord set me on fire. Lord set me on fire. Yes, Lord, I wanna know your way. Set me on fire. Lord set my heart on fire, 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 Lord. Oh Lord, set my heart on fire for you. Isaiah 59 verse 17 talking about our Lord and us in application by application. It says for he put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his herd. He put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. He was clad with zeal you see, the picture I see here is where everything is set for the fire to light. But there is no ignition. On Wednesday we saw 
that in two different accounts, the Bible records for us how an ordinary stone brought down giants. In the book of Daniel, the mighty statue that was shown Nebuchadnezzar, a stone crushed it. And we saw also in First Samuel with David and Goliath, the mighty giant Goliath, a stone brought him down. If those stones were not released, the giants would still be boasting and threatening. You're going to pray. You are here. You have the spirit of God. I have the spirit of God. Lord, everything that I know to do, let me ignite it. In essence, cast out the spirit of procrastination. No more. Tomorrow, what can be done today? The Bible says today is what? The day of salvation. Today. Not tomorrow. Not next year. Some people are already planning the year is ending. Next year, I will become serious. It's not guaranteed anybody. The foolish virgins had good plans, but they were foolish. They had good plans. They had the money to buy the oil, but they were foolish. Lord, set me on fire today. Not tomorrow. What I'm to do and I can do, let me do it, Lord. What I can do, let me do it now. What you have revealed to me, let me do it now. Plot me, oh Lord, with seal as a cloak. Let my mouth speak. Let my hand do. Let my feet go. Set me on fire, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Let me express it. Let me demonstrate it. Let me be converted. Let me change, oh Lord. I want you to cry out to the Lord. And if you're here, you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost. And you desire baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can raise those hands anywhere you are. You deserve baptism by the Holy Spirit. You can raise that hand or you come. You deserve baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord, set me on fire. You can come, you can come. Lord, set your daughter on fire, Lord. Lord, take my Christianity, O Lord, from theory to practice. From theory to practice, set me on fire. Lord, set me on fire. Masole Gerebanda. Jende Gerebabale Gerebanda. Masole Gerebanda. Jende Gerebabale Gerebanda. Sotale Gerebanda. Masola Tale Gerebanda. Le Koshenda Gerebanda. Lord, here we are, Lord. Set us on fire. I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. Do you believe in him? Do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe that he raises the dead? 
Do you believe that he forgives sins? Do you believe that he cleanses? Do you believe the power that is in the name of Jesus? Do you believe? Masole Gerebanda. Masondele Gerebanda Zanda. Shinde Gerebaba. Receive. Father, we thank you. Receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Male Gerebago Shinde Gerebaba. Matale Gerebanda. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Maso. Don't stop, don't stop, continue praying. Makola gede gere baba ba le gere banda zanda zande le koshende gere baba ba la sola kaka 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 male gere ba koshende gere banda zondo zanda le gere banda raga koko le gere baba le gere ba koshende gere banda le soto soto le gede gere banda Lord change me change me change me today not tomorrow tomorrow set me on fire Lord. Anoint my hands. Lift up those hands. Tell the Lord, anoint my hands. Anoint my faith. Set me on fire. I am a Christian. I am a child of God. Spirit of fear. We cast you away. I cannot be afraid anymore. I'm no longer afraid. Masole gere babo shende gere bababa le sotale gere bababa I am born again I am born again I'm a child of God I'm a child of God I have the spirit of God in me I have power I have wisdom I have self control I have discretion I have love I have contentment Keep praying. Thank you, Lord. Lisa Legere Baba Lakere Bando Zundo Jinde Gere Baba Baba Legere Banda Don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, don't stop, Malay Kere Baba, don't stop praying, don't stop praying, my sisters in front. Allow the Holy Ghost to flow through you. Open up that mouth and let him flow. Marco Jinde. He said to him that believes out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. And he spoke of the spirit which I had given. Let me see the way
You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikina Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www www.thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.